commercially powered digital marketing show, The Digital Marketer's Guide to Emerging Technology, covering blockchain, cryptocurrency, and social media disruption. I'm Aaron Sell, the host of the show. This week, we are going to be discussing all things Instagram with Jen Herman, and this is one of my very, very favorite topics. Jen Herman is a social media consultant, speaker, and globally recognized Instagram expert. She is a forefront blogger on Instagram marketing, and her blog, Jen's Trends, has won the title of a top 10 social media blog over multiple years. She is a sought-after and international speaker, providing tips, resources, and training for organizations of all sizes that need to structure their social media strategies. Jen has been featured on Inc., Fox News, BBC News, Yahoo Finance, Entrepreneur, HuffPost, The Verge, CBS Radio LA, and many other podcasts and publications. She is the author of Instagram for Dummies, Instagram for Business for Dummies, The Ultimate Guide to Social Media Marketing, and Stop Guessing, your step-by-step guide to creating a social media strategy. Jen kicks things off in this episode with her top five tips for the Instagram feed, which includes creating scroll-stopping content and her hashtag secrets. We then move on to Reels and Stories, IGTV, going live on Instagram, and what you should be looking at in your analytics. This show is a little longer than most, but that's because we're discussing one of my favorite topics, Instagram. So let's dive in. Welcome to the show, Jen Herman. I am so excited to have you here today to discuss all things Instagram. Thanks. I'm excited. You know, I love talking Instagram. I and so agree. do you. So it's a perfect fit. <laughs> it's pretty much my favorite topic. <laughs> Let's go ahead and dive right in. Uh, I'm kind of thinking what we want to talk about today is all the, the varieties of options that you can use on Instagram. So you've got your feed, you've got um, Instagram Live, you've got IGTV, you've got stories, you've got uh, reels that just recently came out. So let's let's start with feed. Tell me what are like let's let's go with your top five tips for Instagram feed. All right, cool. Yeah. So when it comes to the feed, um, things to keep in mind are you want thumb stopping content. You want that content that's visually going to stand out. Someone just slowing their scroll across your content is a positive ranking algorithmically. So anything that gets them to stop and pay attention, um, we don't want super busy images. We don't want things that are just going to blend into the background. We really want to focus on that high quality imagery that captures their attention. You also want to make sure that your captions, you want that first sentence to be really powerful. Um, so you'll notice when you're scrolling through Instagram, you see photo or video, then you see username and like two lines of text followed with dot, dot, dot more. If someone doesn't click on dot, dot, dot more, they are not reading your caption. So all that time and effort and that call to action that you put in there won't be seen. So we need to get them to click dot, dot, dot more. And the best way to do that is to have a really good, powerful first sentence. You can augment this with emojis, capital letters, something to really capture their attention again when they're scrolling. 
Think about things, you know, making a bold statement, asking a question, coming out with something that sounds like maybe a really good blog post title or an email subject header, like really put time into crafting that first sentence that captures their attention enough to want to read. Because if you just start rambling and it doesn't appeal to them, they're not going to click and read the rest of that caption, meaning they're not going to see all that effort you put in. And captions are where you make conversions. Captions are where you get that call to action and drive those conversations, drive the website traffic, conversions, clicks, all those sorts of things. You also want to make sure, I tell people less is more. Um, make sure that you're posting at a frequency that supports high quality content. So, you know, posting every single day isn't ideal for most brands and businesses because it's too much content to keep up with having high quality content that stands out, that has a good caption and all those sorts of things. So I usually say three to five times a week is, is good for most businesses. I have clients who are doing seven or eight posts a week and they're killing it. Great. They have enough high quality content. It works for them. But if you don't, don't post for the sake of posting. Only post when it's high value and it's going to serve your end goal as well as provide value to your audience. Because if they're getting content overload and it's not high quality and it's not getting their attention, when they ignore that piece of content, it becomes a negative ranking algorithmically, meaning they're less likely to see your content in the future. Likewise, if you posted five times in five days and they only logged in once in those five days, Instagram has to determine which post to put higher in their feed and they're not likely to scroll far enough back and see all five of your posts. So now they're going to see one or two and they're going to miss the other three and maybe it was one of those missed three that you really wanted them to see. But if you'd only posted once or twice, there's a much greater chance of them having seen that content when they log in after being absent for five days. And let's be real, the average person on Instagram is not logging in multiple times a day every single day. That's right, for they're us not crazy like us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, just you really want to make sure that that content um, is there, you know, high quality, good captions, at a relevant, at a relevant, you know, frequency that you can produce at high quality content, and then finally, making sure it serves your end goal. Um, and when I say that, if your end goal is to get more sales, not every post is a sales post. You're going to have posts that are purely for engagement to keep engagement up. So when you have a sales post, they're more likely to see it. You're going to have posts where you're giving them resources and information and value so that they get comfortable with you and they trust you. So when they're ready to buy, they want to buy. So always make sure that every post is in some way supporting your end goal. And if it doesn't support your end goal, then you don't post it. It's not part of your strategy. That makes total sense. So speaking of posts, let's talk about hashtags and what you recommend. I, I think we are on the same page as far as hashtags and hashtag strategies and what, what I tell people to do. So Let's yeah. hear what, what you think about it. <laughs> so I have the super secret recipe that I tell everybody. Um, and basically what you're going to do is you're going to combine a variety of hashtags. So I always tell people minimum of 10, minimum. Ideally, like 20 is kind of the sweet spot, but you can go up to 30. And the more you use, the more searches you show up in. And that's what people have to understand when it comes to Instagram search. 
which for all the reasons we love Instagram, I hate their search functionality because on any other platform, you can type in a keyword and it will populate content related to a keyword. Instagram doesn't do that. You don't, you don't just go to Instagram and type in kids activities and get a bunch of content. You have to put in hashtag kids activities and you will only see content that has that hashtag on it. So if you're not using hashtags, you are not showing up in search. So it's really important that you're using them. Use as many as you can up to that 30. There's no punishment for using them. But then you wanna use a variety of them. So you're gonna use ones that are really popular. I usually say these have about 500,000 to a million posts associated with them. When you start using things that have over a million posts associated with them, you typically start to attract the spam bots the trolls and those sorts of things. And that's not attention that's ever going to serve your business. Well, and, and those have so, I mean, they're, they're getting post, 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 post. So it's so easy to get lost. You're buried in the archives and literally like in under minutes you're, you're buried. So up to a million is usually where I say to go. Obviously there's some industries like the photography industry, the wedding industry, which is huge on Instagram. You can't find a good hashtag under a million posts. So there you have to be a little bit more creative and you have, you can go to the larger ones, but in general, those uh, popular ones, I say about 500,000 to a million posts. So you're going to use, you know, three, four or five of those. And then you're going to use moderately popular. These are going to be ones that have like kind of like maybe mid to high tens of thousands up to the 500,000 range. Again, three, four or five hashtags in that bucket. And then you're going to have your niche specific. This is super, super targeted exclusively to what you do, what your business does, the problem you solve, the solution you offer, super, super targeted. And then you have your own branded hashtags. So if you did five from each of those categories, plus your branded hashtag, you're easily, you know, 16, 17 hashtags without even trying. And then of course, you're going to have things that are related to your, the content. You know, if your, if your photo has, you know, a cat in it, you can use cat hashtags, you know? So there's all these other things that you can add that have context. And that's what, if you do this consistently over and over and over again, that's what allows your content to show up in a, definitely the niche specific, but sometimes even in those more popular ones, but it'll get you to rank as a top performing post in those niche specific ones. And that means if someone's looking for the exact thing that you offer and the exact thing that your product or service does, if you're a top post, you're literally the first one they see. And if they, that's what they see, they're going to click on it. They're going to go read your caption. They're going to see your call to action. They're going to go to your profile. They're going to follow you, email you, call you, go to your website. So if you do that consistently over and over again, the combination of the views from the hashtags as as well as your followers who are already following you helps your content perform really well and it will actually drive conversions and and results for you. Awesome. Let's let's move on to reels and stories. And I'm kind of combining those just (laughs) because I feel like they're somewhat similar. And it's also really part of the reason that I wanted to have you on the show yeah. was to talk about Reels because you did a, a nice uh, rant on Reels. <laughs> um, yep, rant's so a good let's, word. <laughs> let's hear how you feel about it. <laughs> so yeah, I was like, so when they came out, of course, it was one of those things where there goes the next three days of my life, but, you know, as you know, is when something big like that launches on Instagram everyone's trying it. Everyone's, you know, blogging about it. Everyone's talking about it. And I hate to jump on bandwagons right away. I want to test in the background. I want to have other people's perspectives. I I don't know everything about a brand new feature, nor does anybody else because it's brand new. Right. And test it out for a little while, see how it, how I jive with it. And then I usually, you know, talk about it. Well, 
this was one of those exceptions to the rule because I was trying to test making a reel. I was trying to figure it out for myself and I got so incredibly frustrated that I jumped on YouTube and filmed a rant about why I hated reels. And it was a completely biased, um, it was a completely unfiltered opinion of what I went through trying to make this stupid thing work. And it was incredibly frustrating. And of course I got better at it. I got, I worked through it and I did end up writing a blog post, um, multiple ones actually for different publications on how to use them and how they work. And as a caveat and a warning, you know, yes, they're really complicated. They're, for me, they're incredibly time consuming to create. There's a lot of hiccups if you're used to TikTok. Some of the fluidity of TikTok is not translated into reels, but um, we are seeing people that are using Reels consistently, that they're getting way better reach, that they are getting new exposure, that they're getting followers, that they're getting conversions, and they are working. Um, and, and people are kind of adapting to it and figuring out what their groove looks like within Reels. And it's, it is working um, for those people who are doing it consistently. But like you said, it really is, it's kind of like stories, but it's not. And it's, Personally for me, and I, I've been saying this since they, you know, kind of got started with it. Um, I wish they would have just taken the reels features and put them in stories. Right. And just beefed up stories and been like, great, stories is now taking down tap, uh, Snapchat and TikTok all at once and let's just be done with it. Launching a whole other platform tool feature was so frustrating because all the things that we like in stories aren't in reels and the couple things in reels that would be really cool would be great if you just added them to stories. Right. So and I guess that's, that's kind of my thoughts on it as well. I don't understand why they created a whole separate thing. And yeah. like you said, instead of just combining the two things and, and that's part of like my, what I do on Instagram. I mean, I'm, I don't like we talked before we started recording this yeah. show. Um, I'm, I've only done a few IGTVs. I'm not really doing lives. I actually haven't done a live on IG in so long. It's, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I focus primarily on the feed and the stories. And if they just would give me the stuff from Reels and the stories, that'd be really cool. Yeah, and that's like, I think that's how a lot of people feel. Um, I, I've made the prediction, I don't know how true it is, but I've made the prediction that I think eventually they will merge them. The fact that you swipe to open the stories camera, which opens the reels camera, and the fact that they have so many like similar features, mm -hmm. I don't see them saying, let's add stickers and all these things to reels when they're already in stories. I, I think at some point we will see the two platforms merge into an upgraded stories and they'll just kind of shut down reels. But of course, you know, reels has additional options. Like if you create a reel, you can share it only to Reels, which is a new tab on your profile. You can share it to your feed as well. So it actually shows the preview or the, it's only 15 seconds. So it's the whole thing, but it does a little square preview in your feed and then you can watch it full screen or you can also share it to your stories. And so that was one of the cool things about Reels was that you could do more with it even though it was a short form content, it could be right. permanent. You could choose where it went versus stories is it's your stories and then it's archived and it's a highlight if you want to throw it in there, but you can't really repurpose it within the app. So again, if they just merged the two and gave us that functionality on stories, everything would be great. It'd be awesome. <laughs>
it'd be so much better. So, but it is, there's, there's a lot of cool like features and functions in there. Of course, if you're into short form content, try it by all means, you know, go give it a shot. Personally for me, it, it took me well over an hour all total combined to film a 15 second video that wasn't even what I would consider a good video. I could have done so much more had I just filmed it on my own and, you know, done a video editing tool or had done it in stories. Like to, for the function that it had to spend that much time creating that piece of content just didn't align with me. But some people are better at creating that kind of content. Their brains think that way and, and they can do it really well and quickly. So right. try it out, have fun with it. People are seeing great results. And right now, just like anything in Facebook world, when they want attention on something, they give it a lot of reach. So if you want to, you know, get those audiences and have that exposure, try out Reels because, you know, Instagram's pushing it. They're putting, you know, the, the time and the resources behind it to get them into people's feeds. Well, and like all things, the more time you spend doing it and creating in there, you it's get quicker and easier for you. Yeah. Yeah. So. And I've been telling people too, like, you know, because... I, I am not a fan of taking your TikTok videos and uploading them to Reels. Like, I'm not one of those, like, repurposing type people. I, I'm like, it's branded with TikTok. You filmed it on TikTok. You know, worst case, put it in your stories. But to repurpose it into a Reels is, like, kind of like, eh. But do that if that makes it easier for you. Film it in stories. Save the video from your 15-second story. Don't necessarily load your story, but just save it from there and then upload that saved feature because you can upload into a Reels from your camera roll. So film something in your stories where maybe you have more comfort and you can add your, you know, your text boxes and do the things and format it the way you want. Save the full functioning video, realizing stickers wouldn't be clickable or anything, but you could have the design and aesthetic you like and then upload that to your Reels. So it's a way of kind of not recreating the wheel with having to create Reels content, but allowing you to take advantage of that, that new feature with something that you're already comfortable with. Yeah, that makes sense. Great tip. So Thanks. let's, let's move on to IGTV. Actually, no, I want to, I want to stick with uh, stories. Yeah. Cause I know we were, we were talking about all the new features and the how they've been updating stories. So let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So the, I think the biggest, most recent thing was like all the new fonts that they put in, which I love. Um, yeah. <laughs> super fun. I love that the neon, cause I always use the neon font. Um, I love that now it's not like the neon where like you pick a color and it basically doesn't add a color. I like that it actually right. is a color option now. I'm like, thank you. I've been waiting for this. <laughs> Um, and some of the new ones have, you know, the really cool background options. I've seen people getting animated text, um, which has been a, it looks like a test in various countries. It's not widely available, but yeah, where the text yeah. actually does like blink, um, move. So there's animation options that look like they're coming out that way. So definitely it helps with the branding. If you are the kind of person that, you know, and you should in your stories have cohesive branding. It should be on brand with what you do. I usually recommend picking, you know, two, maybe three fonts that work for your brand and styling, but now you have a few more options. So it's easier to pick that, that font that aligns with your brand, more color functionality, like the backgrounds and stuff. So that's awesome. 
um, over, you know, the start of COVID and everything, they, they started launching the other um, stickers. So they have like the, the food orders. So if you're in the food industry, you can actually allow people to order food directly from um, your Instagram stories. They added the donation sticker, which anyone can use to add and, and have people donate to a charity that they select as long as it's, you know, associated with the Instagram, you know, functionality for, for the donations and charitable organizations. Um, you know, and, and gift cards. So if you have digital gift cards uh, for your business, you can now offer gift cards and they can click on it and purchase the gift card right from your Instagram story. So they're doing a lot to make these more business functional. They're making them more interactive. And I think that's really good because again, people in general, I like to be the exception to the rules and everything in life, but people in general do really well with stories. They're getting great, you know, retention. They're getting great conversions. They're getting great, you know, ad recall um, whenever they're creating that kind of content. So it's to have all that functionality built in and have that option for businesses to do more in terms of their branding, but also their conversions. I think it's going to be really exciting to see what they do in the coming months. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's move on to the to IGTV. Um, so like we were talking about IGTV and how I have trained on it, but then stopped and like have done nothing with it in so long. So you're... <laughs> You are definitely way more informed on IGTV, and I think it's um, funny because I haven't even I haven't even logged in or looked at it in entirely too long. But we were talking about how how much and how often they're changing it up, and yeah. so why don't you why don't you share some reasons why you would want to use IGTV? But if you are, you know, obviously know that it changes all the time. Yeah. And it, it really does change all the time. Um, like we were kind of talking, you know, before we started recording for the show and I'm like, I won't even like get into details on IGTV anymore because every two weeks they seem to launch a new, you know, user interface and a new, you know, upload process and a new layout. And you're like, I can't, I literally can't talk about this because the moment you talk about it, it's outdated. Right. But they're doing all of these things for the improvement of the platform. Uh, IGTV's kind of always been the, you know, the ugly redheaded stepchild uh, that nobody wants to acknowledge at, at the Christmas table. Um, and it, you feel bad because it's like, it really does have so much potential. There is so much uh, opportunity using IGTV. It's just never really been well adopted by the users. And it's because it's long form content. People on Instagram typically are looking for that long form content. That's why stories and now reels are so popular because it's 15 seconds. Right. It's, it's not 15 minutes. And most people on Instagram are on their mobile device in a fluid environment. They're not sitting down to watch a 20 minute video or a webinar or podcast type environment when they are on Instagram. So while I understand why they want IGTV to be successful and, and they're, you know, throwing money behind it left, right, and center to try to, you know, keep that, that horse alive. But it's, it is a struggle in terms of how users consume the content. I, I love that they have the preview now in the feed where you can watch the video and then you can get, you hit, click the keep watching. I don't like that they took it down to 15 seconds. I liked when it was the one minute preview because it was enough to actually get people's attention. If you kept them for that one minute, chances are they would keep, they would click keep watching and they would watch it in IGTV. Now that it's only 15 seconds, it's really hard to capture someone's attention for a long form video 
in 15 seconds. You have to have a really, really strong, really powerful 15 second opener that says, yeah, I need to get more. I'm going to watch this. And I think they're, they're doing everything they can to push people to IGTV rather than being like, oh, here's a minute and then scroll past. But personally, I don't think, I don't think people are seeing any better results now that it's 15 seconds, but we'll see what they do with it. But so that being said, yeah. As far as like publishing on IGTV, I, I mean, we talked about, you know, you don't necessarily need to publish a lot on your feed. It's the being consistent, letting your audience know what to expect. Do you think that, um, like what, how many IGTVs do you think somebody would need to post in order for it to be successful for them? Again, it's really going to depend on like, you know, you and your content. If you did one a month, I think that would be great. Like, because if, if your competitors are not doing it and you're doing one a month and you have regular content and you have content that's showing up in people's explore pages and things like that, that's awesome. Um, if you have video that you have saved as a raw file that you filmed for your YouTube channel or for your Facebook, just take that and upload that to IGTV because you can upload to IGTV via the desktop. So you already have it on your device. Right. You don't have to create new content. You can repurpose that for the sake of just getting it up there, building up some content. Um, if you're, you know, if you do Instagram live, you can share your Instagram live to IGTV. So plan that out. If you're like, oh yeah, this is going to be the kind of thing I want to repurpose. Make sure again, you have a strong intro on, you know, on your live video and make sure it's formatted for a replay type environment. Um, but if you're doing lives once a month and you uploaded one a month, there's, you got two videos a month and you didn't even have to try. They're just repurposed content. So that should be easy enough for, for most people. Um, and if you wanted to go ahead and create more content, then by all means do it. But I would not put your, like an onus on yourself to say, I have to create a video a week for IGTV because yeah. that's just not where the traffic is going to come from. I would say do that's a video a, a week on YouTube. Yeah. 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 But to, to do like for how much we all do as business people, we're running our businesses, we're running our families, we're doing all the things to sit down and create another form of video. Even if it is a two or three minute video, that's a lot of, you know, maintenance and management and editing. And it's, I would say, you know, if you can do a video a month on IGTV, then you are ahead of the average brand. And that's going to give you some serious footing on the platform. Yeah. So let's move on to Instagram live. What are your, your thoughts there, um, regarding, you know, how often, again, I mean, it's about getting, getting in front of your audience, right? Yeah. And I, I love live on Instagram because when you go live, you get priority placement in that story feed, right? So you're going to be like number one, number two placement. If you go live, of course, when COVID started and like you would log into Instagram and you'd see like 12 people live at the same time. And I was like, okay, you all need to calm down. Like you all haven't done a live video ever. And now everybody is on live, but we've gone back to normal levels now. So yeah, it's, it's now's a good time to do it <laughs> um, because not everybody else is doing it, but yeah, you definitely want to use live. It's a, it's such a great way to get in front of your audience that you wouldn't normally have that exposure because you get priority placement in, in the feed. But also it's, I mean, I like live video on any platform because you can't fake it. Like right. when you've taken a video and you filmed it and you took 23 takes to get that one sentence and it's clipped and edited and cropped, people don't necessarily trust you. Were you reading off a teleprompter? Do you really know what you're talking about? 
you can't fake it on live video. Either you know what you're doing or you don't. And it's a great way to connect with your audience through that authenticity and that kind of real interaction. When people are watching you live, they're putting up comments and questions which are showing up on the screen as you're going. And it's a great way to answer those questions and have that one-on-one -on -one dialogue get to know your audience even better. So I'm a huge proponent of it, you know, for the relationship building and everything as well. If you are gonna be using live, make sure that you, as much as possible, promote in advance. The spontaneous going live doesn't usually bode well for most brands or businesses because not your, I mean, unless you literally have 10 followers and you know they're always on at six o'clock at night, there's no way that your whole audience is available at the time you go live. And so if you give people a heads up and say, hey, I'm going live Wednesday at 9 a.m., people can plan for that. And if they well, can and, and then on top of that, try and be consistent with that. So they know yeah. that you always go on Wednesday at 9 a.m. And they know exactly. to look forward to that. Yeah. And they can, they can plan that into their day. And if they can't watch it, they know you did it. And they can go watch the replay on IGTV. So it, it's a way to make sure you keep that viewership up. Um, and you want to go for as long as possible without rambling. And by that, I mean, the longer you stay on, the more people have a chance to log in. So if you only go live for seven minutes, even if people knew you were going live Wednesday at 9 a.m., they may not log on at nine o'clock on the dot. They're, they still have their lives and they're running late and they may log on at 9.10, but you ended at 9.07 and now you're not there. So the longer you can go, you can go up to an hour um, on Instagram live. And then you get the, you know, I always joke the, the Oscar music and the hook off the stage, you know, <laughs> you start, it starts the countdown. You're like, I gotta go. Um, but if you can go, you know, 20, 30 minutes is usually an ideal range for like recurring type content, whether you're interviewing a guest, whether you're doing webinar style, do something that is gonna give that long form content. We don't want it to be 20 minutes of you rambling as you walk around your house. That's not entertaining. People won't stick around. Right. But if you can create that kind of, you know, episodic content, that, you know, educational type content that people will tune in for, it's hugely valuable for your brand. So I, I wanted to ask you regarding, so I know both of us are huge Agora Pulse users. So <laughs> yeah. um, I, I pretty much use Agora Pulse reports for Instagram and I don't really go to Instagram that much to as far as looking at analytics for for what's working and what's not I was curious what are the main things that you look at mm -hmm. to determine if you are having success on Instagram so there's a couple things you know of course everyone wants to look at you know their like counts and comments and their general engagement which in general can give you an idea of post performance meaning if you average 200 posts or 200 likes on a post and one post gets 300 okay why did that one get so many more if one gets you know 50 why did that one not get so many so there should be some attention paid to the vanity metrics of of general engagement but that's not what i use as a basis for success. For me, because the way Instagram works and the way that the content is consumed, I care about reach. So if I have an audience of 20,000 and I'm reaching 5,000 and that's my like my baseline, like I know across the board, I average a reach of 5,000. I know that and I can plan accordingly, meaning 
I'm not going to expect to have that post reach 10,000. But if I have a post that reaches 10,000, why? Why did that post reach so many more people? Was it heavily shareable? Did it get shared to people's stories? Was it bookmarked? Was it something about the timing of when I posted it or the relevancy? And then how can I do more of that to reach those more people? If I'm, if I'm averaging 5,000 and I only got a reach of 2,000, why? Again, was it poorly timed content? Was it irrelevant? Was it something that, you know, just didn't go with whatever else was going on in that, that again, like kind of that timing and saturation, something related to seasonal content, your brand, all these sorts of things. Because the way Instagram works is if people see it, you know your content is getting out there. If, if they're not seeing it, it doesn't matter whether you get 100 likes or 200 likes or 2,000 likes. If people aren't seeing it, it's not going to perform regardless of how good it is. But then again, when I look at that, I can say, okay, how, which content is performing well and reaching well? That's what you put money behind on the ad side of it. So I may have a piece that's performing really, really well, but have low reach. I may still put money behind that. But if I have really high reach and poor engagement, I'm not putting any money behind that. So for me, reach is the best indicator of overall performance success, regardless of the vanity metrics on it. Reach means they, they saw it, they may have scrolled through the carousel, they read the caption, they may have clicked on it and gone to my website and done something, but didn't engage in terms of a like or a comment. So reach to me shows that the content is getting out there and it's, it's getting out there consistently. I know my audience is seeing it, which means it's performing well. Which is interesting. It's funny that you mentioned that because I, I meant to cover this in the, when we were talking about the feed and that is the one link in your bio, which I actually copied you um, <laughs> doing the, cause I, for, for, Ever and ever, I was using a link, you know, a link tree or yeah. something. Link in bio store. tool. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I must have like either watched a video of yours or was on your IG account. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. <laughs> Why didn't I think of this sooner <laughs> that I could do this myself? And so I finally just probably, I don't know, in the last six months or so, finally went and did my own on my website so that now I have control over it yep. and it's genius. And I'm like, Oh my God, that was so thank you. Thank you for I that. Know every time people, I, if I do a webinar or something and I, I, I don't usually leave it to the end, but it's sometimes it's like the, literally the last thing, depending on what I'm doing in the presentation. And they're like, why did you leave that for the end? That was the best tip of the entire presentation. And I'm like, well, if you left early, then you didn't get it now, did you? Right, um, right. But it is like, yeah. So the idea is basically recreating a link tree on your own website. So you create a landing page on your website. It's not public. It's not tied to a, you know, a drop down menu or any sort of tabs. It's just a public page. And so, for example, mine is, I think, jenstrends.com forward slash Instagram dash links or something like that. And so you click on that link from my Instagram, you go to my website. There's no third party mediation from a link tool that says pick these options. I have a very clear landing page formatted for mobile because 99% of people clicking on that link are going to come from mobile. There's yep. no pop-ups. There's no sidebars. There's no crazy footers. It's literally five options. From there, you can go to my YouTube channel, my blog, learn about how to work with me. Um, I think I have a 360 marketing squad on there and I think I have books. 
So like there's, there's only a handful of options, but if I'm promoting a blog post and I said, go click the link in my bio, they click on that. One of the five options is blog. They click on blog. My most recent blog is the first one on the blog page. If I say, go to my YouTube channel, they click on the link. It goes to my YouTube channel where my most recent upload is the one at the top of the page. So it's, it's quick and easy, but on top of it, you now own all of that traffic. You didn't send that traffic through a third party tool, which means you get Google analytics on that page. You can see how many clicks you're actually getting. You can see conversions from that page. If you have that enabled in your Google analytics, you can see behavior patterns are 60% of your people landing on that page going to your blogs. Okay. That's your largest contributor of traffic. Promote more blogs on Instagram. That's going to get you more web traffic. So you can start to see where your traffic is coming in from and what they're doing. And it, if you're that geeky, you know, dive into the analytics type, you can get really crazy with it. Um, but additionally, throw your Facebook pixel on there and now you can retarget all of those people with Instagram ads because you know that people going to that page came from Instagram. Right. It's, it's brilliant. It was like game changer for me when I I realized that. Yeah. (laughs) So thank you for that. My pleasure. um, Speaking of books, I actually have your latest books. I see. I'm like, it's literally open on your desk. Yeah, it was. Well, I, I, I mean, I will say it's been in the office and um, I knew I was talking to you today. So I made sure, you know, within arm's reach, but let's let's talk about the new book it's the ultimate guide to social media marketing and you did this with a group of our friends yes tell everybody about the book and of course we'll you know put links and such yeah in in the on the website yeah so really simple easy way to get it once you've heard about it and you know how amazing it is and you want to get it you're going to go to socialmediabook.shop and that has links to Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and Target for U.S. Uh, customers. Otherwise, you can just go to any um, major book retailer and look for Ultimate Guide to Social Media Marketing. And that's what it is. It is literally the ultimate guide to social media marketing. So uh, my co-authors are Eric Butow, Mike Alton, Stephanie Liu, Amanda Robinson, and myself. So it was five of us that came together to do this book. And which was, it was so good because, I mean you know, Aaron, you know, you can't be an expert in everything. Like you can know a little of everything, but we all have our areas of specialty. So when you bring five people together, you take all of our areas of expertise and you make every chapter in the book expert level. And it's so robust in that way, but yet it's not that big of a book. Like it's, it's not like it's, you know, encyclopedic level, (laughs) like it's not 600 pages or anything crazy, but we go into everything from, how to use, you know, each individual platform, like formatting, you know, photo image sizes, you know, difference between photos and links and all those sorts of things. So we talk about some tactical stuff. We talk about social media strategy, you know, what goes into building a strategy, what you need for campaign management and that sort of thing. We talk about, you know, influencer marketing. We have a whole chapter just on influencer marketing and what that means, who's an influencer, why you want to do influencer marketing, how you go kind of go down that road. Um, We have everything from, you know, the online marketing in general, which includes, you know, blogging, website, that sort of thing, not just the social media component, but how that ties into all the other aspects of your online marketing. And it really just is that ultimate guide. Um, It was funny because we were like, well, you know, 
is this for beginners or is this for more advanced users? And of course, you know, we wrote it more in the sense of like, this is your catch-all, which would typically appeal to a beginner. But we have so many people that have read this book that are in our space and industry that we would easily consider experts, people that are running agencies and everything. And they're like, dude, I learned stuff in this book. So it's definitely not beginner level. It goes into much more complex, you know, um, categories and topics. And that's, I mean, when you put Mike Alton on a book, it's going to get, you know, deep dive because he's freaking genius. Like he, he goes into like some of these things and I'm like, where do you store this knowledge? I'm like, how are you so smart? <laughs> Which um, I do need to get, Mike is supposed to come on the show, so I need to reach out to him and Yay. get that scheduled um, along with um, Amanda and Stephanie. So yeah. Um, yeah, hopefully we'll get everybody on here at some point. Yeah. So thank you so much for being here today. I, I, I know I got some some tips out of this and I'm sure our listeners will as well. Um, the one thing I will say is definitely go buy the book, The Ultimate Guide to Social Media Marketing. Do you have any closing thoughts, advice that needs to get out there? And yeah, I mean, I always tell people like in, in terms of Instagram, have fun. Um, you know, I feel like as businesses, we try too hard to be businesses. As marketers, we try too hard to understand the rights, the wrongs, and the, and the this and the that. And, and we, we pull everything apart and dissect it so much that it becomes a formula. It becomes a routine. And when that's what we do, that shows. Um, you know, part of the reason people are so successful with Instagram stories is because they let their hair down. They, they stop trying so hard and people connect with the real them and that's what they want. Uh, so when it comes to Instagram, whether or not you're, you know, I like, I, I, I would say, I'm like, I could talk about this for six hours. I could go on and on all day, but what it really comes down to is finding the balance between the strategy and all those sorts of things, but having fun, you know, enjoy your content. If it's fun for you, it's fun for your audience. Um, you know, make sure that they're having fun with it as well. And that's what will really drive the success. Awesome. I love it. Well, thank you again. Thanks so much for, for being on here. Of course. Thank you. Wow, that interview with Jen Herman was chocked full of amazing information. So I hope you guys enjoyed that interview as much as I did. And I just wanted to say thank you for listening. Make sure that you subscribe so that you don't miss out on any of our latest episodes. And if you are enjoying the show, we would really love it if you would take the time to give us a review on your favorite podcast player. And finally, be sure to connect with us on all of your favorite social media platforms. You can find us everywhere at Socially Powered, where we will be sharing tips, tricks, and the latest episodes on all things social, crypto, and blockchain related. Have a great day. Bye.